what does an Olympic lifter know how to do? Or CrossFit. They know how to fail. It's the same with kettlebells. Like, I know how to fail. I know how to not catch a bell or to sacrifice the integrity of the bell over like my body. Welcome to the Bar Band Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by Barband.com. Today, I'm talking to trainer and athlete Stephen Kuntz, better known online as at Rhino Strength, at least on Instagram, where he's risen to popularity with his feats of strength featuring some very heavy kettlebells and odd movements. Steven actually has a background as a musician, and today we talk about how physical culture and strength can be an expression of personal creativity. And we also chat about why it's so easy for folks in the fitness industry to fall into very narrow lanes when it comes to expressions of physical culture. This podcast is a little different than what we normally do, but I hope you still enjoy. It's certainly one I had a blast recording. Now let's get to the show. Steven, I appreciate you taking the time. Okay, the first question I got to ask, let's talk about your Instagram handle. Because I, when I reached out, I actually, when we started talking, I wasn't even sure your name was Steven. So take us back to like how you got your online moniker. Uh, you know, um, my your, this name is probably going to come up a lot, but my buddy Dennis, one of my closest friends, he was like, you know, I used to work with him at a gym like about 10 years ago. And he... You know, I, you know, if you work at a gym with someone, he'd always see me work out. And he was like, you know, a few years in, like four or five years in, he's like, dude, you should film your workouts. And this was kind of like before filming your workouts was a thing. Um, he, you know, he, uh, he was like, you know, it's kind of, you're kind of, you're just fun to watch. Like, why not? And so in like 2016, it was like, well, I don't know. Sure. I guess, I, I guess I'll, I'll I, the next thing to do, cause I, I don't have a website or anything like that to promote my business. I was like, I'll just make an Instagram. And I kind of like, I was like, Oh, I just started filming my workouts. So again, if you go and like, see the, the first thing, that's like a picture of me doing a bench press <laughs> or like, you know, like, or like, Oh, here's me doing a kettlebell stature. And it's kind of funny. Cause like, I'll go in and like Instagram does a, like a, you know, like a look at your past kind of thing. So I'll go and I'll go through the time travel and see the the former seasons, and then all of a sudden I'm like, "There's me doing like like maxing out in a kettlebell press of 48 kg." And it's just so funny because like you really get this like an empirical visual evidence of change, right? Of like progression. So it's kind of cool. But yeah, so that's just kind of what happened. My buddy Dennis was like, "You should film your workouts," and so I started doing it. And then, well, they, what's the, where's the where's the name come from? That's my question. I really don't know. You know, it just kind of like happened. Like it's like oh like. Uh, I was like, rhinos are cool. Rhinos are cool. That's a cool name, you know? Rhino, and I was like, well, rhino strength. And I just kind of put them together and that's what it, like, I wish there was more of like a cool tale behind it, but it really is just like, yeah, rhino strength. <laughs> so. I've, I've asked that question before and there, the, the story only goes one of two ways. One, it goes like people have an interesting story, like their, their grandfather gave them a nickname as a kid and it means so much to them and it's this like old story. Or they're like, yeah, I was sitting down with my phone starting an Instagram handle and I needed something. So like <laughs> the first thing that popped into my head, that's what I went with. And then like 10 years later, that's what they're known as online. So and it's like stupid because like anything strength or strong, you're just kind of like, it's so chuggy and cheesy, you know, but like, 
I don't know. Like, it's just like, I, I don't know. Again, I don't, I, I was, it just kind of happened. And then I was like, oh, it works, whatever. And then someone drew a logo of like the skull of a rhino skull like, with like a silhouette around it. I'm like, oh, that's cool looking. So I just started, that's just kind of kept it. So it really is just like, that's a story. <laughs> so. And the problem is, if you want to change it, if you've already built up a following and an audience and you want to change it later on, it's, it's risky. It's risky because then people won't be able to associate with you. You know, it's so funny too. It's like, it's almost like getting a tattoo. Like tattoo is like, you remember it for the first like six months. And then after like, you forget it's there, you know? So it's like, and that's kind of like the name. Like, I forget what the handle is. It's just like, I call this like my professional, it's not professional team, like my workout Instagram or whatever. So yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about your athletic background and what led you to the point to where someone's like, Hey, you should film your workout. So how did you get started in strength training? Take us back. You know, I hated working out. I hated sports. I hated all things athletic. I skateboarded all my life. I love skateboarding. I wasn't until I was around 24 that like I was in between going from college to grad school that I got in a little bit of trouble with the law, got into like a bar fight. I, at that point I was like, well, I'm just going to start, you know, I, I needed to like find something new. Like skateboarding wasn't really hit me anymore. I always I used to tour a lot as a musician. I was uh, not a professional drummer, but I was on tour a lot as a drummer in different like bands. So that wasn't really hitting anymore for like my cathartic release. So then all of a sudden I just started going to the gym and I kind of immediately fell in love with it. And I started just getting into bodybuilding. And this is when I still lived in California. And then on a whim, this band asked me to move out to Chicago. So I moved out to Chicago. You know, I have degrees in history, philosophy with a minor in literature. So it wasn't like I was, you know, I can go and find a job right away. This is 2000, <laughs> like, this is like 2010. So I was, you know, playing in the band, wasn't skateboarding anymore and uh, playing in a band and uh, painting houses. And I was broke. So I just, just got kind of like started going to the gym all the time. And I just loved, I loved bodybuilding. Like I loved Arnold Schwarzenegger and I just got more and more in love with like Mike Menser and, you know, um, Franco Colombo, like I love, like I just like love all the different philosophies. Frank Zane is probably one of my favorites as well. Just kind of like all the different like bodybuilding philosophies, and that's just kind of how I got into it around twenty five. So, well, what led you to? So, what I would say now is you're you're best known for some quote unquote. See, I kind of hate this term, but I'm going to use this term: functional movements. Like, what does that even mean? Everyone has a different function. It's a bit of a weird term, right? But you're very well known for doing really heavy shit with kettlebells. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, so yeah. it's the line from bodybuilding training to doing really heavy stuff with kettlebells. It's not always the easiest one. So take us through that progression. So, you know, um, being kind of like nomadic here in Chicago, trying to get in, trying to find my way, my buddy, Dennis, the guy, he, I met him at a GNC and he was like, you should come train at Equinox. So I started working at this bougie-ass gym called Equinox. And Dennis, who's my mentor in all the fitness, he was probably, I, I would probably say, one of the first guys in Chicago to bring the kettlebell to Chicago. Right? I think he did the very first RKC cert with Pavel. And he was just, he's just the guy who, like, he understood, like, all the old classic training like all the old like 1920s like 1910 1920s like arthur saxon type of training styles and you know he was like you're like 
the way he looked as a, a guy, like, you know, those boxers back in like 1890s, that's kind of how he looks. Right. So like, you know, very like wiry thin, but like insanely strong and flexible. And me, I was always just kind of like, it's like meatball. That was, you know, that just like, just like, uh, again, like a rhino, I guess. I don't know. You know, he, so when I started working at Equinox, my first couple months in, he saw my bodybuilding stuff. And again, I, I, I love the, the progression and, and the programming for bodybuilding. He saw I do that stuff and he came up to me. He's like, you know, you should get into like kettlebells and mace training and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's not really for me. Like, uh, you know, that's kind of like whatever. He's like, no, you should try it. So it like kind of slowly just progressed from that for about the next like two, three years. I would just do swings casually, you know, your rows. I would get the kettlebells and do tricep extensions and stuff like that. And again, the creativity of bodybuilding is killer. Like I love it, dude. It's, there's like so much avenues you can have in bodybuilding where you can really make your workout fun. So, which is kind of the antithesis of like hard style kettlebell training, right? Like hard style kettlebell training is like you do these five movements and you do them until you're, you need to, you know, progress, which is the dogma is a little foo-foo for me. Anywho. So, you know, then, uh, what happened was I left Equinox and I kind of went private and, when you go private, especially in a place like Chicago, when you're training privately, you are limited to little gyms or personal private gyms. And so with that said, you kind of just get more and more into kettlebell training. And then what happened was I went and got strong first certified and which was monumental for my, for my training, not only strength training, but, um, just overall like movement stuff. So with the background of bodybuilding and Equinox influence, which is over, Hive, like they over hyphy the whole like functional shit, and then the strong first, it really started to kind of build up, build up from there. So, after like my first strong first cert, I started doing you know, implementing all this regimen to my clients and stuff, but also with myself. But again, I'm getting bored with the snatch test, and you know, like the Turkish get up, like this is gonna sound very like pompous, but a lot of their dot, like, like a lot of a lot of the strong first ideas of like it just seemed very pedestrian you know and again it sounds like really it sounds like really pompous but like like to me it wasn't hard to do a turkish get up with a 48 like that can that like i that's what i warm up with you know and the snatch test was like almost like a warm-up for me you know so i went so like again i just at that point i'm like i'm getting kind of bored and I'm a failed artist, right? I've, I was touring musicians, uh, you know, skateboarder, degrees in history and philosophy, with literature. Like, I, like, like, it just seemed so the redundancy. I just was over it. So I was like, why can't we just paint it up a little bit? And then I just started kind of like just trying shit. And you know, I started thinking about like I started looking at kettlebells, like I looked at skateboarding, or like looked at bodybuilding. Like, how can I do this? I'm like, oh fuck, let's try it. And the fearlessness of me, just I can give, I, I'm, not, I'm not really scared of anything like that. And so I just started like experimenting. And it's funny, even to this day, a few, a few months ago, you know, I, I was like, oh, I'm going to try this 80 kg bell. And I was a little scared. I'm like, this is the first time I've ever been scared to like do a, do a, to do a bent press with the 80 kg bell. And let's see what happens. And that's kind of like how it's always been. Like, I'll throw this bell in the air and see what happens. And, you know, and it's not like the safest thing. And again, I get a lot of like, I don't get a lot, but a little backlash. Like, oh, that's not safe. Like, aren't you scared you're going to hurt yourself? Like, no, that's why I do it. Cause I'm not scared I'm going to hurt myself. Like, yeah, you know, like, 
So anywho, that's kind of what happened. It just kind of progressed. And it became like this, like Rhino Strength kind of became this like, very cathartic output for me. Like it, like I can give a shit. I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm not trying to like inspire anybody. I'm just like, Hey, here's me. Like here's me doing a trick or whatever that was. And here's like a stupid blurb, like almost like a live journal of my life. And then like, that's what happens. And it started taking off. <laughs> it, it sounds like for you, physical culture and expressions of strength are a really important way for you to express your creativity. Is, is that correct? Yeah, a hundred percent, man. Um, Again, it's like I play drums, right? That's a very physical output. I skateboarded. It's a very physical output. And it's like I don't have the art, I don't have the gift of being able to like paint or the gift of being able to, you know, maybe if I practice or whatever, but there's some there's something that's like very like you know, I hate to quote Henry Rollins because that again that's like a oh you're a musician quoting a jock, like another jock musician, but like you know, he's like I could have a shitty day and 45 pounds is always going to be 45 pounds. And that's like, that consistently kind of really fucked with me, you know? And I think about like when I moved to Chicago, you know, it was like, I go coming from California to Chicago. It's like the middle of winter. I don't have any friends. It's like, I have the gym. And it's like, you know, I'm like, I would just, and then again, like when I left Equinox and went private, it's like, I didn't, ha- I didn't have a culture to be behind. So it's like, you just kind of like really engulf yourself in this like whole culture. And it really was like, again, it was like my output and it still is. I got to ask you, you have, when you're attempting these things, you have no fear or very little fear, very infrequent fear. How many kettlebells have you broken? You would think it's way more. I honestly don't think I've, I've, I've maybe broken less than the less than uh, fingers on my hand. So okay. maybe, maybe three or four. I really haven't like, and again, like that is something like the people like, Oh, don't try this at home. It's like, yeah. If you aren't comfortable with like, same with Olympic lifting, like I can't Olympic lift. I can't throw a barbell over my head unless it's with one arm, you know, like I can't do all that stuff. And like, and like, what, what does an Olympic lifter know how to do or mm-hmm. CrossFit? You know how to fail. It's the same with kettlebells. Like I know how to fail. I know how to not catch a bell or to like, let the, like to sacrifice the integrity of the bell over like my body mm-hmm. or like, I know how to catch something or to get out of it, you know? So it's like, kind of like, again, like I grew up skateboarding. I knew how to, I knew how to like, of course an accident's going to happen, but I knew not to, you know, I knew how to bail out of a, of a, of a, of a handrail trick or something or whatever. So, you know, I think people underestimate that in strength when you're learning the movements, learning how to fail at the movements, is just as an is just as important, and if you never learn how to fail, you're going to get in some very compromising positions as you progress in strength. That's one of the things I implement to my clients all the time because I I tell them it's like it's not to prevent you from failing; it's to teach you how to fail and how to get back up, right? Like, um, and again, I tell them too, like if the bell doesn't feel right, and you just throw the bell. Like, there's plenty of space around. Like, we'll buy a new bell. It's 30, 40, 50 bucks. It's fine. Like, you know, like, like, uh, like you're, you're the, the, the structure of your shoulder girdle is much more important than, or your noggin is much more important than the fucking cannonball with handles, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you know, one of those. So, well, the, the only problem is, see, I live in a New York city apartment. So if I'm training indoor at home, I have a backyard too. Right. But if I'm training indoors, uh, like it's raining today, if I'm training indoors, it's like, Hmm, maybe my floor here actually is more valuable. Right, my tile floor might be more valuable than my foot. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But these things go through my head. 
No, but sure. At the same time, like like that one of the videos I posted, I dropped a bell and I put a dent in my in my floor, and uh, they never charged me for that either. But you know, uh, but you know, again, yeah, like you, like accidents are gonna happen. You know, again, it's like when I did that eighty kg bent press, I I failed the bell and it went to the floor of my condo's gym. I had to fix it. You know, so it's like you you have to ha- find the right areas to do things in you know like people are always asking for advice like the best advice you could take is just use your common sense like if you're are you gonna flip a bell on wood floor in your house like no man like if you don't feel comfortable with it go to the grass i don't know like there's plenty of options who are people in physical culture in strength it could be in the kettlebell space it could be outside of it who you really admire or you look at them maybe you follow them on social and you're like hey i get inspiration from that or i get some motivation from that so I would say if I could Frankenstein certain people into a perfect body, like I would take that guy, Levi, I don't want to say his last name. He's a good one of good friends of mine, Marketet or whatever. Levi Marketet. He's, um, he's out of Iowa. His GS kettlebell abilities and his fervor to be unrelentless with his capacity and training is what I wish I could have. And that really inspires me. My buddy, Joe, swing this kettlebell. He's out of Cincinnati. His mobility is so, is second to none in his size and his mobility. Like I wish I could, like, I just admire that so much. Pound for pound, one of the strongest people I've ever seen in my life would have to be Chris Chamberlain from Weck Method. I mean, what he does and his creativity and him and David Weck, I mean, I I wish I lived close to those guys. I can understand their language, but I can't speak it, and I want to get fluent in their language, you know? Bud Jeffries was always a huge guy for me. I, I love Bud and RP to that guy. And I'm really fortunate to hang out and meet, that, meet him. He was just, we, uh, we got along well. And then uh, other than that, like, there's, there's like certain things here and there. I, I will say there's nothing better than seeing, like, sm- Tiny women dominate a heavy kettlebell, you know? I would say, like, you know, Jackie out of Wisconsin, Jackie Vasquez, I think is her last name. She, I, I, I think she's Turkish getting a 48, no problem. And then I would say, and then Kettle Kells, like she can do, she can clean, clean squat and press 28 kgs like no one's business. And I think she weighs like 130 pounds. But again, I'm probably missing so much, you know? It's just fine again, and, and, but the main ones would have to be the first, the first three or four I mentioned. And, and just, just to, just to, I, I, I wanted to make sure. I think I knew who you were talking about, but I looked it up real quick. That's Levi Marquardt. Marquardt. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just to, just to, that first person you referenced. Yeah, we text all the time. I don't know. I, I just, you know, his name's a little funky. So he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna listen to this and he's gonna show up on your doorstep and be like, "Hey, man, <laughs> hey, man, what gives?" It'll be good to see him. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be like, you'll be like, don't get mad. Let's like lift some bells. It's okay. Let's do it. <laughs> He's stronger than me. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, question: We're talking about uh, you're talking about um, kettlebell sport a little bit, and some of these folks do that, and some of these folks are more hard style. Have you ever thought about doing kettlebell sport, like the long cycle or the biathlon or anything like that? I absolutely would love to, but again. I'm very fortunate to be very busy at work where I'm working about eight to 12 hours a day. And sometimes that kettlebell sport, I'm not saying I'm not making excuse. I just, I don't see myself giving the energy that it requires 
to, to be able to do that kind of thing. And again, if I'm going to do it, I want to, like, I see what one of the best in the world does, which is Levi. I want to be able to do it like he does it. And, you know, I just don't right now, like, I'm, you know, I don't have that, like, I don't have that focus. I'm so busy with work and so busy with the clients. And again, I'm very fortunate, very, very, very fortunate, but it's interesting too. You talked about creativity and and not kind of falling into the same movement patterns. You mentioned hard style having like oh, just a handful of movement patterns. Kettlebell sport, it's only three movements. All, again, to bring him up one more time, Levi's always been like, well, I know, you know, I know no one gives a shit, but here's me doing long cycle cleaning presses. <laughs> like like cleaning jerks. It's like, yeah, you're right. It is boring, Levi. But you know, like I respect what you're doing. So uh, but yeah, no, it is. And again, that is true. Like I keep saying this word, but the cathartic output would be compromised. Right. And, um, you know, like, like, and don't get me wrong. Like not every workout needs to be like this over emotional, like gut wrenching thing, but like, you know, just a little bit kind of goes a long way. And then when the days I do need it, it like, and it does come out like, man, does it like, isn't it, it's one of the best things ever, you know? So, but what is something that, in your mind is kind of a next step for you. What's maybe you've mentioned the 80 kilogram bent press, right? The bent press and I'll link it. We have some content on it on Barbend. I can link it in the show notes. It's, it's a very old timey movement, right? It's something that folks were doing a hundred, 120 years ago, you know, circus strong men and strong women were doing bent presses with a lot of weight. It's, it was a very, it's a very interesting way to move a lot of weight with one arm, right? Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned that 80 kilogram bent press is something you, you work toward and got. Is there anything else that's kind of in your mind, an expression of strength that you haven't quite hit yet, but you would want to work toward? Yeah. So to be fair, 80 was 80 wasn't the heaviest I've done. Mm. 80 kg with a bell was heavy. The bells are always so much different. What I want to work, that's the problem is right now, especially like the last six months, I've kind of hit a, not a wall, but like a lull of, of goals. And the thing is, is, um, I think that's normal for anyone in fitness, you know? Um, and it's funny as myself as a quote unquote professional, which I do feel very confident to say I'm a professional. Um, I practice enough and I, and I, and I, and I train enough that I feel very confident saying I'm a professional. But with that said, I, I hit, a, I've, I've hit a wall of, of not just creativity, just other things. And I'm kind of okay with it for now. Like I'm letting things kind of like kind of evolve or change as they go, you know, um, during the pandemic, I was very fortunate enough to have uh, access to a gym. And during that time from March, 2020, all the way to like July or August, 2020, I hit so many different things that like, I was never really, I was never really, um, I never really thought I could hit. And I was pretty, I was pretty stoked on it. And I've kind of like, because I did so much during that time. I've kind of like chilled out a little bit and I'm okay with it. Um, again, I said it earlier, things I'm kind of looking at right now would be, would be, uh, you know, Chris Chamberlain, the Wax Method stuff and the Landmine University thing that they're kind of adopting in. I really like. I would be really interested to kind of see how my brain would expand with those guys. I also, I didn't mention him earlier, but he's like coming on. I, I love watching his videos. His name's Atlas Shrugs, I think. He's an old timey barbell guy and he only really does barbells and he's, he's very, I really enjoy his videos. And so I could see my, I'd like to see how like the kind of old school barbell training that he does. And, you know, so other than that, like I don't really have any goals and I, I, 
I need it. I want some, but I'm also not rushing it. I do think that good things come with just like time and patience. Amazing. Well, uh, where is the best we've we've kind of talked about already, but as we come up to toward the end of this podcast, what's the best way for people to keep tabs on what you're doing, your training, anything like that? Sure. Again, I've been posted in two weeks. I just bought a house. So congratulations. Yeah. I've been, so I've been moving. It's been gnarly. So, and again, it's like, that's the thing is like life gets in the way. So, you know, I used to post every day. Then I would only post three times a week. Now then once a week. Now it's like, oh shit, I forgot about it. <laughs> but um, the best way to keep in touch is through Rhino Strength on Instagram. My email's there. I also think the best thing to do is like, again, don't ask basic questions that like you really can like use common sense to know. But like, again, all the people I kind of mentioned, there's so much good... Mi- I do believe there's so much good material out there when it comes to the internet. I think it's like, again, what bar Ben posts out and then what Levi Joe from Sweetness kettlebell, you know, the Atlas shrug guy, what he pulls out all the WEC method stuff. Like there's so much good information out there that like, and then again, the stuff I put out, um, even go back in time and look at Bud Jeffrey stuff or, you know, even kettlebell Carl who hasn't posted in four years. Like there's so much good things out there if you just kind of search for it, you know? So that would be the best way to keep tabs. Not only what I do, but when what's going on in the community, cause it's not just me, you know? Awesome. I mean, um, I think it's a great, I think it's a great lesson. You can't look at just one person for all your knowledge, right? People are experimenting and experiencing a lot of different things. Well, I super appreciate your time and congrats yeah. on, congrats on the new house. Um, Thanks, man. And we'll know things have calmed down when you start posting more regularly. That's that's yeah, how we'll know. And maybe I'll get inspired again. I feel I feel so honored to be part of it. I don't think anyone ever give a shit. So it's kind of it's kind of cool, man. So thank you for having me. Well, thank you. <laughs>